and Convo listeners, it's Liz Bullard, your host. I hope you're well. For those of you who are new to Coffee and Convos, this is my podcast where I talk about local issues and global issues with my friends, leaders in the community, and just others who are really great at having good conversation. For this episode, I am talking with my friend Alexis, and we discuss the importance of local elections. With the current election, we've been hearing a lot about the importance of one's vote and getting out there and letting your voice be heard. But we often forget the importance of local elections and how much impact they're going to have on our day-to-day life. And so we talk about that. And we also talk about growth and what we hope to see in politicians over time. And we also talk about how to choose a politician and the takeaway is it varies from person to person. Some really rely on debates where others look at the policies and some people might even track the money where a politician donates and who gives them money. But at the end of the day, the important thing is to get out there and vote, not just in this election, but in every election because it really does shape your life and the life of others. So I hope that you enjoy this episode and you remember to get out there and vote and let your voice be heard. Be well. Listen, we had a lot of fun talking last time. So for those of you listening, um, and if this is your first time Coffee and Combos, I had my friend Alexis, who is my oldest friend since middle school. And we talked about a difference of opinion and people having just a difference on opinion on things that that she, she helped me learn our human rights issues to me. Things about whether it's kids in cages or equal health care and, and all of these. These are like human rights issues to me. And so... Thank you for that clarity that really helped me last time. Yeah, um, I will say, and I'll mention to everyone, um, you didn't hear the sights and sounds of Chicago, but you may this time. Um, Chicago is very noisy and it is less uh, quarantined now. People are out and about this time around. They're not at home. And it's a holiday for a guy who we won't mention, but it's a holiday for a guy. So some people aren't working today. It's Indigenous People Day. Indigenous People Day. You you know, that is right. It's Indigenous People Day. That's what day it is. You're all right. <laughs> it's not that holiday for, this, for that guy. We've reclaimed it. And so last time you were here and I asked you our coffee and combo question, which is, are you a coffee or tea person? You said you were definitely tea. If it's mm-hmm. a bad day, if something went wrong, you went for the coffee. Yes. But my question for you is, have you ever had, like, what was, like, the worst or what was the best cup of tea you had? Ooh, so I feel like I'm going to date myself, but my best cup of tea is what I've ever had was, like, Tivana. Do you remember Tivana? Oh, my gosh. Um, that was my jam. 
yeah, Tivana now now doesn't exist anymore because of, you know, not because of COVID, but because of <laughs> They wouldn't have made it. They wouldn't have, if they made it this far, they wouldn't have made it. Yeah, capitalism was like, no more Tivana. And I think they got brought out by like Target or something like that. But like that was my favorite cup of tea. I had some Tivana. Like they had free tea leaves in Philadelphia. I remember that. I was like, oh, I love Tivana tea. Um, and you said the worst one? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Um, if you can. Sometimes it's hard to mess up tea, but sometimes, you know, it gets pretty bad out there. I've had some bad tea. Ooh, ooh, I can remember. I was in uh, my old government job. Not this go- current government job, my old government job. And it was enough. I won't mention the place where it was. And it was some bad tea there. I mean, it makes sense. It was a government job, but it was a bad tea. It was bad. You have to, like, be a pretty special person to mess up tea. Like, it, it doesn't get much more basic. <laughs> but that place is a pretty special place. So, I mean, it makes sense. Um, and it was for, like, the state of Illinois. I worked for, for them. So, I mean, yeah. It, they messed up the tea and I was like what is this and I it was like my first time in my life I threw out a cup of tea I threw it out Ooh. that's bad yeah I couldn't drink it I think I went back to my desk and got some like I for, I'm trying to think like some tea in like a baggie or something like that so it worked out I just got another thing of tea so. it happened so for those of you listening, um, I really wanted to have Alexis back on to talk about voting because there's been a lot of talk of people not being interested in voting, um, especially in regards to this election. Um, but in talking privately with Alexis, she brought something that's very important, which is local elections. And I think we often forget about the importance of local elections. And so I wanted to dabble into that, the importance of local elections you know, why do you vote, Alexis? And, you know, kind of how do you choose a politician? So I hope that we kind of cover some of that stuff today. Yeah, of course. Um, Local elections are super important. And I think that people, um, they don't really talk about them enough. And they really don't, like, they really don't put place importance on them. Um, And it's quite sad because you think about it, like, Presidential elections happen every four years. Local elections mm-hmm. happen every year. Mm-hmm. And really important ones, too. Not just, like, you know, um, may- mayoral elections or mm-hmm. mayoral elections for governor. Like, mm-hmm. your city council government is really important. And people, mm-hmm. people really don't focus on those issues. And it's kind of sad that those people really have a very direct effect on our lives and we just ignore them and then we complain about you know stuff like potholes and Mm. stuff like you know why is there so much trash in my neighborhood and it's directly related to who your local officials are absolutely in i the potholes is a really good example because you're not going to go to your president about the potholes or something that's happening directly on your street and so 
I think that really illustrates the importance of why you need to pay attention to these local elections and who's in office. Because even though they're supposed to, like, say, hear you and hear your complaint, whether it's about the potholes or the things that are going on in your street or the things you want to see more on, sometimes you get people in office that are not responsive or um, sensitive to what's important to you. And so I think that's important. Why do you think that there's just not a big turnout or people are not as involved with local politics as um, they pay attention to, this, to, to the, the presidential or the federal elections? Well, one, there's a lot of sensationalism around presidential elections because we have presidential debates that are on CNN and Fox News and MSNBC and there's a lot of mm-hmm. sensationalism around what happens during presidential uh, elections. That's the first thing. The second thing is the only other time there is sensationalism is during midterms. Midterm elections are determinative of who controls the House and who controls the Senate. And so people care about those because it's like, is the president in their uh, two years into their first term or second term going to be able to get anything done so people care about that stuff but Mm -hmm. that that sensationalism around federal elections is like what brings people to the polls right like I hate to say it but we pay more attention to keeping up with the Kardashians than the C-SPAN and so because we care about all that you know extra stuff um that's why people show up for federal elections, even though technically speaking, your local state mm-hmm. and local like town elections or city elections are where the majority of your day to day issues are heard. Like if you care about children, mm-hmm. you care, like mm-hmm. most child issues are handled on the federal level. If you care about families family issues are really not handled on the federal level they're handled on the state level like if you care about education like Mm -hmm. yes there's the department of education but the department of education i hate to say it they are basically a bank now and deal more with school and student loans than they are dealing with like k through 12 issues so that's very much a, Mm -hmm. a very local issue like especially like teacher certifications none of that stuff happens on the federal level really that's all state mm-hmm. stuff like yeah there are minimal standards but those minimal standards they're so minimal that who cares about those and so like if you really want to push and advocate for the things that are important to directly affecting your life to your family you've got to look to local stuff but like i think there's too much um what's the term there's too much like like lacklusterism to that like there's not it's not it's not it's not like sexy to talk about like who's running for city council absolutely i think that you know when we talk about like the federal elections or like i'd say like to say the quote-unquote bigger elections with the president it's more drama that is used, whether it's the terminology, how it's written in the news, and just how it's publicized. And the local elections, which directly affect your life, is just kind of like, eh, if they get in, they get in, they don't, they don't. And so to just kind of throw out some numbers here, so I just pulled up, you know, for the last mayor mayoral election, 
which was in 2019. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Yeah, 2019. And we had, for the, the people that voted for the different, we had one, two, three, four, we had five candidates. And I don't see the numbers for the write-in candidate. So these are not in totality. Okay. But for the Democratic mayor, we had the Republican, the independent candidate, and um, we had another candidate that was on the Democratic line. We had 9,815 that came out to vote. Wow. So let's just... Just say the right in. Just say we'll we'll say ten thousand, right? We'll say ten thousand people came out to vote. Our population size here in Waterbury is one hundred and seven thousand, a little over that. Yeah. So like ten percent of people came out for that, and while that might not make a difference in your presidential election, that's a big difference. Um, in your local elections as to that. That's the difference between who's voting for funding. That's the difference between who's advocating for resources. Um, That dramatically can change what happens in um, a person's life. Yeah. And like people don't really think about like, also, I would like to mention that uh, everyone in the last podcast knows that I live in Illinois, Illinois, but I am still registered to vote in Connecticut and I'm still a Connecticut voter and I care about Connecticut issues and most majority of my family still lives there. So I'm still tapped into that area. So just in case people are like, she's from Illinois, why? No, girl, I'm still (laughs) registered in Connecticut and I still care about Connecticut. And so um, Liz is right. Like I lived in Waterbury and because Waterbury in comparison to Chicago is like a small town like 10% of people that's so small Mm -hmm. and it's so sad because you gotta think like especially in a place like Waterbury people always complain about the potholes people always complain (laughs) about areas that like that are parks but it's just dirty and like politics are very important here very important oh and and I'll, I'll piggyback off of that but continue so like the potholes that everyone complains about they're not even potholes. They're ditches, all right? They're just ditches. Girl. On parts. Like, uh, was it Cook? It okay. rains, and that, like, holds a full lake. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you could fit a small person into some of these holes. Like, and not <laughs> small. I mean, like, like a five-foot person could fit in those holes, and, like, it would, the water would be chest level. Because, like, mm-hmm. they're just ditches, and, like, people have to drive around them because you're like, if I, my car goes into that ditch, <laughs> my my tire is done my car is mm-hmm. done and mm-hmm. so you're like like i seen one story not to go too off topic but i saw one story of like there was a neighborhood and this was in illinois there was a neighborhood where a child was like filling up the potholes with like tires old tires and they were like this is such a heartwarming story of a child improving their neighborhood and in the back of my mind is like but if there's state representative or city councilman had gotten the funding from state government to fill the potholes he wouldn't need to put tires in the potholes to make sure people's cars weren't because like you're that's your tax dollars like sometimes i think we forget uh like at what we're really paying for like we pay for that like we pay 
a portion of the salary of these people that occupy these positions. You know what I mean? While they have a very little stipend for all that they do, you have some that are just kind of there and nothing's kind of moving. And so you got to kind of think about, um, does that work for you? And I feel like we just kind of get complacent and get kind of, not, I don't think complacent is the right word, but we get into this frame of my vote doesn't count or my voice doesn't count, but it really does. Like you are important and you can really um, change things and to really kind of drive that home. So here in Waterbury, a big issue is the Columbus statue. And the issue is what are we going to do with this Columbus statue? And people have went and they've advocated for and against, and they went to city council meetings or aldermen meetings as we call them here. And it was determined, well, we're gonna see what happens at the election. Now, here in Waterbury, if we're saying that this is a quote unquote black issue, right? The population here is very small compared to that of other demographics. So your vote here really matters as getting your voice heard. Mm -hmm. And I think we forget as uh, we forget how our voice trans how our vote translates to our voice being heard. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does because like I think of like a like you said, like a place like Waterbury, because I did go to middle school and high school there um, and lived there for several years after that. Like you think of that demographic and especially in a place like Waterbury where you can be in your bubble and not really interact with people outside of your demo if you want, if you want to. Like if you grow up in a black neighborhood and you go to a black church and especially on some t sides of town we didn't grow up on those sides of town but like the side of town where you go to also a, a predominantly black school you could almost mm -hmm. interact with like no one outside of your race all day and then if you hear all those people say like nothing's ever going to change nothing's ever going to change nothing's ever going to change but mm -hmm. only five percent of your population in that area votes of course not because the politicians in that area a lot of the times they don't have to reach out to that demographic to prove that they're working right they don't have to have an agenda for the population there because that demo doesn't vote for them and because that demo doesn't vote like what do they have to worry about like your demographic doesn't vote so like doing work for your demo like so what you guys aren't going to come to the polls to get me reelected, and i don't want to screw up or mess up the demo that does work with me because sometimes very predominantly black issues fly right in the face of other issues because it's not like Waterbury, like other towns in Connecticut isn't mixed. Like it is a mixed group there. There's black people, there's Hispanic people um, or Latinx people there. And there is a white population there. There's a very strong Greek population who has a stronghold in certain areas of Waterbury. There's a very prevalent Italian American population that has a strong demo in Waterbury. And those populations go out to vote, right? Like that Greek Orthodox community votes, that mm -hmm. Italian American community votes. Like you and I both know, like it is strong in Bunker Hill how those people vote. Yes. And that is the politics of politics that is often missed. 
And that's why I'm very glad at the push to get people out to vote, um, with, especially with this election. Like we've seen former presidents, people in the music industry, acting industry. We've seen all these people come out and a push to just get people excited about voting. Um, because I think there's been a disinterest due to people feeling like their issue isn't being heard. But it's exactly like you said, like why? And like, this is not what I agree with, but this is what often happens in politics. Is It's like, why should I advocate or pay attention to a group when they're not being transactional with me, they're not giving me voting, or they're not giving me anything from my campaign. So why should I give to your issue where this group is saying, if you don't meet my need, I'm not voting for you. I'm not donating. I'm not volunteering. I'm not spreading your word. Mm. And it's like, this is the thing that people don't realize, right? So how, how, how people perceive politics in their mind is so reversed. So they believe that politicians need to do stuff for them and then they'll vote for them. But in actuality, how politics work, you vote for them, right? Because they have to be in office first and then they do stuff for you. So the problem is, is that people don't see politics from that point of view because they're always thinking in reverse. They're always thinking, oh, the politician has to do stuff for me. The politician has to do stuff for me. They have to do stuff for me, right? But the problem mm -hmm. is, is how can anyone do something for you if they're not there? Mm. Right? Because the voting for a politician happens first. Mm -hmm. And so because a lot of other populations get that, they get like, oh, I do stuff for the politician, then they do stuff for me. Not that they do stuff for me and then I vote for them. Mm -hmm. they, they understand it, the reciprocal, those mm -hmm. people understand it. Those politicians are more willing to work with them, right? So I mm -hmm. donate money to them. I vote for them. They go and advocate for me on my behalf. That's mm -hmm. technically how it works, like in the lobbying world and all that stuff. Like me and you know, we've seen all the, mm -hmm. all how the lobbyists and stuff work. And so that's how a lot of these people get stuff done in their neighborhoods, right? They're like, mm -hmm. I voted for you. Do you want your job? Do you want to keep your job? No? Okay, I'm not voting for you next term. Goodbye. Right? Absolutely. And I think, again, a prime example is when you look at the presidential election, follow who's donating to which politician. And you'll see, they'll be like, oh, like we are definitely going to be for this issue and we're going to make sure you get your needs met because unfortunately, money or um, the connections they get from the, so prime example, President Trump never denounces uh, police brutality or anything uh, uh, against the police because he banks on their support. He gets their endorsement. So he's going to be pro their policies. Mm -hmm. And so there, and again, for people are like, well, there's no power in my vote. There is, which is why these, these politicians, they go, they go to the teachers union. They go to where these, these massive people that they can get their support. And I think that we need to start thinking smarter about our power and our vote and our power as a community, because if you can get a people together and say, Hey, we're going to withhold our vote, or we're going to give our vote if we can get this politician to be in support or get this policy support like there are is power in numbers 
And I think that we need to remember our value in that. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people just forget. And I hope people always remember that reciprocal relationship is that like I vote first. And also, it's also important to remember that the reason why you go first is because you hold the power. You as the Mm. person hold the power, right? Like, think about it in this way. When you go to McDonald's to get food, when you go to McDonald's to get food, you are the person who walks through the door. You are the person that makes the order. You are the person that pays. The reason why McDonald's is popular is because people paid money to McDonald's to make them popular, right? You Mm -hmm. are the consumer. You are the one who has the power. A lot of people don't think about that, but that's literally the whole premise of capitalism is that Mm -hmm. the best business will survive because the consumer will choose, right? Mm -hmm. And so the reason why I won't say the best politicians survive, I'll say because the the politicians what politicians do because they understand the reciprocal relationship is they go to the groups that can withhold things from them and hurt them. Mm. And they go and advocate for those groups because if you're not going to vote, how can you harm me? You can't do my job. You don't donate money to me anyway. So you, you know, but there's those groups, right? There's like, you know, like I think of like uh, the union AFL, right? The mm-hmm. AFL union, that's like the big workers union or cause they're like all over the country. Um, or like uh, in Illinois, there's a union called AFSCME, AFSCME that represents like mm-hmm. all the state employees. Mm-hmm. And, and like there's nurses unions and teachers unions. Um, and though they hold a lot of power, right? Because they mm-hmm. lobby and they have money mm-hmm. and they make donations. Mm-hmm. And so politicians like seek out those votes Mm -hmm. and by them seeking them out and being like, okay, I'm going to seek those, those things out. We, as the people looking from like the outside in, because not a lot of us have that as much power as like an AFL, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But we can look at those groups and are like, okay, what are they doing? And what are they doing right? And what are they doing wrong? And we can try to, move similar to how they move like that's the whole point of grassroots ideas right you want to move like how these people move and that's the whole point of like looking at how PACs organize um political action I think communities that's how they organize is like by following the premises of unions and like coming together and like pooling their money together to like push for an issue And so it's important to know what these things mean because the people might say like, my single vote has no power. You're right. Maybe your single vote does not have power, but if you and your friends and your families and your church group move together in the same direction on an issue, that is powerful. Absolutely. Absolutely. And churches, I'm glad you brought them up. They are important. You know, again, people always talk about how politics and church are separated, but in communities where the church is a powerhouse of people and where voters are, you'll see debates go on there. You'll see politicians come and talk. You'll see them come and try and engage. And that's important. Like, if you want to know, like, am I with a powerhouse group? Am I with a group that is being heard? See where those politicians are going during debate time. But not only see where they're going during debate time and campaign time, see if they return. See if they are attentive to those issues after that time. 
um, because I want to transition a little bit into how do you determine who you want to vote for? Like, what are things you look for? And, you know, for me, I am becoming more aware of like, okay, you lobby for this group to vote for you, but you do not advocate for this group after that. And so for me, that's becoming an issue because it's like, how can you make time and space during election time, but no other time? And for me, one of the qualities I look for is that continuity and that consistency officials have in between elections. What are some things that you look for? So I'll talk to you in both ways. I'll talk to you when I was a government employee, what was when I was before a government employee, I was just a regular person and now kind of afterwards. So before I really looked at like debates and how those debates worked and what happened with debates. Um, and I would really like be active in like reading editorials. And I really do think that's the wrong way to do it. Like I used to really be like sucked into like the CNN, the MSN stuff. And I think that's the wrong way to go about it. And I think a lot of people are sucked in, right? Cause it's like I said before, sensationalism. But now as I've gotten older and worked in government and worked with legislate, legislators, I've realized like the biggest thing to look at is who do these politicians as, as private citizens, who do they give money to, right? Mm. It's like, who are they donating their money to? The second thing I look for, um, who these politicians get money from. So who mm. they get, give money to, who they get money from. The next thing I look for is what these politicians are doing in committees. Mm. And what bills are they introducing? Um, so with certain bills. You broke up a little bit, but I was just, I heard you say what bills. And I was just saying that is very important. What bills they are sponsoring and co-sponsoring or voting on. And sometimes it's hard to find that information or be aware of that information, um, which is unfortunate because it is important. Um, to see where they're trying to move your your area, your your you know the issues you're you're um, passionate about. Um, those are all things that are very important. Um, and then then the other thing I always say um, is not only looking at what bills they have. So, like I said previously, I worked with legislature legislators, so I could not only see what bills that they were sponsoring and co-sponsoring. But another thing is, if that bill they're sponsoring gets called for a vote on the floor, I'm going to say that one more time because that's really important. If that bill that they're sponsoring or or co-sponsoring gets called for a vote on the floor, because the issue is, and I'm saying that because I worked with these people, is that they could say all day, I care about children. I care about children. I care about children. I'm co-sponsoring a bill that says I care about children. I care about children. Look to see if that bill ever gets called on the floor. Mm -hmm. Look to see if it ever gets called on the floor. Because if it never gets called on the floor, they're all speak and no teeth. 
all speak and no teeth because the problem is is that if you really cared about a bill it would be called for a vote on the floor even if it dies on that floor floor vote even if they try to have a debate and that debate goes nowhere if it never gets called on the floor that means it has no teeth and or there are ghost politicians behind them not like uh, actual goals, but other politicians <laughs> who are in leadership who are purposely killing those bills. So you, as a person advocating for yourself, should say, if Bill three five zero, I'm just making up a number three five zero, who's who is a a bill about children never gets called on the floor, and it's a bill that ensures that uh, DCF workers have to follow up with children who have disabilities and you know you you really care care about children with disabilities because your little brother has a child is a person with disabilities and you're like blah 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 has a bill about children with disabilities but blah 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 never called that vote uh that bill for a vote and then if you look at the bill status online which is another thing you can do look at the bill status online you see the bill was created but it never got called for a vote. It never went to committee. And dang on it, the bill got changed somewhere along the way. And it's not even about children anymore. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to fact check leadership. I think that's very important. And, and again, I know people are probably like, oh, that's so much work. But you really have to be mindful of the people in leadership and how they are voting and how they are um, passing things that affect your life. Um, thinking about, you know, again, on even of a more direct scale, you know, your city councilman or your city alderman, those are the people that determine your taxes, right? So being aware of what they're pushing through and how that affects your money is important. You know, you have a lot of times people are like, oh, I'm not gonna raise taxes. Well, go back and look at the record. Did they vote on things that impacted your taxes? Did they do things that advocated for less taxes? Um, so, uh, you know, bringing it back to that super local scale, um, these are the people that are directly imp impacting um, what happens in your day-to-day -day life. Yeah, and I always, I always think about like, you know, um, a lot of the times with politicians, like, Sometimes, and I will say this, sometimes when they're new, they can't get a lot of like stuff done. And like, it's unfortunate that's how politics works is that like when they're brand spanking new, they can't get stuff done. Um, and especially with how like House of Representatives work, like I'll just use her for example, because I know she is running for reelection. Uh, Representative Johanna Hayes, uh, she is running for re-election in Waterbury. I don't know the exact district, but she is running for re-election currently right now. What did District you say? Five. District 5. District 5. Um, and, you know, her first uh, run at it was like, I'm a teacher and I care about my students and I won uh, Best Teacher of the Year and in the country and like all of these things. And I'm only bringing her up because like her election was very much like an Obama yes we can election when she first ran. It was very youthful. It was very like 
pure and loving and had social media push and had so much things like I no longer live in Waterbury and I saw her ads and I'm not registered in Waterbury either. I'm registered at Bridgeport and I saw her ads all the time when I would go on, fa- on Facebook and like her her uh, election push was very much in the vein of like the was it the Fab Five, which is like uh, uh, which includes uh, AOC and like it was very much in that same vein. And when you think about that, you're like, man, wow, it was in that vein. And when she got to DC, I don't think she was as sensationalized as the Fab Five because she's mm-hmm. older. Um, she's a mom. She's a mm-hmm. teacher. She's a wife. And so I don't think she was in that same vein as those five. Um, and I don't think she wanted to be because her being from Connecticut is very different from being from Brooklyn or being from Boston. Um but at the same token, as much as I loved her as a teacher, because when I was in high school, she was a history teacher. I never had her for history, but when I was in high school, she was a history teacher and she was my sister's history teacher and they loved her. She was a great mm-hmm. history teacher. And so when you think about that, like how much she was beloved as a teacher and how much she was beloved when she was running, still someone who is as beloved as miss hayes because i'm gonna call her that because that's what i called her that's what i know <laughs> um still you need to look at her record right like that's important for us to look at the, that person's record as much as someone is beloved as such as much as what though those people did for you and you know them because that's why it's important to talk about local elections because sometimes the people who are running you know who they are you went i love that house. you brought that up i love that you brought that up mm-hmm and it's it's different it's different in local elections because it's not as sensationalized because you can't sensationalize your uh 10th grade history teacher you can't sensationalize your garbage man you really can't sensationalize your your sunday school teacher your the pastor down the block um it's harder to sensationalize them because you know them but even in knowing them it's important to do your research and to understand um what they're voting for if they're really advocating for you and if they're doing what you care about, if they're voting the ways you care about. Um, Cause like I said, remember like you vote for them. And then when they go off to their job, they said to you, if you vote for me, I'll do this for you. And if they aren't doing this for you, it is your job to fire them and fire them means not voting for them again. That's what your job and- is to do. And sometimes I think that is hard when you're speaking in local terms because you you these politicians become your neighbor, that you become your friends, um, because you are living and interacting in the same environments and the same events and the same things. And sometimes you have to say, You're a great person, you're a great friend, but you're just not helping me in this area of policy, politics, whatever you want to call it, budget finance and and that's okay it's just like if you had five friends that all had bakeries right and if one was okay the other ones kind of weren't standing out but you had one that was really great you could still be friends with all of them but you might have to switch up who you go to for that service and politicians they are rendering a service they are community servants and i think that while it's hard to say I'm not going to vote for my friend, sometimes you have to say I'm not going to vote for this politician. But 
getting into this last bit before we end, what do you think about, sometimes there's this push called voting the party line. And for those of you who aren't familiar, that means like voting Democrat all the down the line, Republican, independent, whatever. What do you think about voting down the line, just voting because someone's a Democrat, just voting because they're independent, just voting because they're a Republican? What are kind of your thoughts on that? I know you can't see my face right now because I'm in the parking garage, but I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I think voting down the party line is very problematic. Um, as a youth, now I'm not a I'm not a of the youths anymore. But as a youth, I would definitely be a party line voter because that was that's easy, right? You just you just tick down the sheet, like especially how these sheets are. You just be like tick 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 tick, uh, flip tick 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 tick. Got my voting sticker done. Exactly. I voted. Like you put it right on your side, right over your heart. Like Instagram it. Yeah, you'd be like, I voted, did you? Right? You do the did you with the hand flick and a hair and a hair sweep and hashtag it. Exactly. Hashtag I voted. You didn't vote. Mm, mm, my mom is prettier than you. Like random stuff. Like <laughs> what does it have to do with voting? But you know, whatever. And if if today's world wasn't as so left right as it was i would be like voting down the party line occasionally wouldn't be bad but now especially how social media is working and you and i both know social media is crazy now like it's it's too hard to just vote down the party line because i won't mention the facebook post but you posted a facebook post that said this person is a Democrat, <laughs> but they donated to Trump. Okay, girl. Like I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what the Facebook post said. And it's like important to know that because you're voting down the party line. But this uh, is a sorry. I put a, this is gonna sound funny. This is a Republican and Democrats clothing. Like no. Mhm. Mhm. And so. It's important to not do that and to just do your research um, and to kind of know, like, I will say, I remember when, right, his name's Dan, when Dan was on your podcast, um, and Dan was talking about, like, the difference between a Republican, a a libertarian, and a conservative, Mm -hmm. and what it means to be a libertarian versus a liberal versus a true liberal, and, like, knowing all those terms and what they mean and understanding what socialism is and all that stuff. And those are important because politicians will use those terms mm-hmm. and they sometimes know what they mean. But at the same time, you just hear like, oh, this person isn't a Republican. They're a libertarian. Mm-hmm. This person isn't a Democrat. They're a, a liberal socialist. But what does that actually mean, right? In terms, and sometimes what it means is that, like, they're really not voting for the things you want, right? Mm. Because a true libertarian doesn't want any government. Mm. (laughs) They don't want any government. So if you are a person who wants to, like, and I'm not this, if you're a pro-life person and you want the government to step in and stop abortions, a libertarian might not be for you because they don't want any government. They're not really into that. Government telling people what to do with their bodies, with their lives, <laughs> and they're not for that. 
They want government to shut up. Just no government. Be quiet. But also piggybacking off of what you were talking about, um, the different terms and stuff in Democrats or Republicans being in sheep's clothing and all that. Um, it's important to see, has your politician switched up parties? And if so, how many times? And Because sometimes they might start off on one party and in somewhere else. And so mm-hmm. I think when we're talking about voting party line, you know, you, you got to think about like, it all goes back to, is this person doing what I want them or need them to do? And that's different for every person. There's like no right or wrong. Um, you know, it, but it, it all goes back to like, what mm-hmm. is this person doing for you? And is that like helping you at the end of the day? Oh, I mean, like I'm thinking of, oh, I was trying to think of the politician. You were talking about a politician who switched party lines and I'm thinking of former. And Waterbury is quite frequent. Like that is yeah. something that is quite frequent here in looking at politicians. They they start out at one party and go to the other and go to the other. Like party switching is very uh, prevalent. So yeah. Like you, so, yeah. Yeah. So who I was thinking of was former U.S. Senator Joe Lieberman. Do you remember Joe Lieberman? The name, remember but him? not the face. Okay. So Joe, Lieber- Joe Lieberman. Now I'm really showing how old and how long I've been into politics. But Listen, Joe Lieberman. That's going back. <laughs> That's like almost like nineties ish back, early two thousands. Y'all know it. Y'all know I'm old. Why y'all why y'all gotta know I'm so old? But yeah, Joe Lieberman <laughs> started off as a dim. Then when Republicans became popular, he became a Republican. Then when neither part of party wanted him anymore, he became an independent. Now does Joe did Joe Lieberman's politics change? I really don't know. I really can't say. Also, too, I will mention, and and maybe this is a rude thing to say, Democrats in Connecticut sometimes are what I like to call open-minded Republicans, right? <laughs> open-minded Republicans. <laughs> open-minded Republicans. Yes, because... They still want less less taxes, and they still they still might be a little pro life, right? But for the most part, they're just open minded Republicans, and an open minded Republican is just as bad as a centralist Democrat. Those people get on my nerves too. So, um, <laughs> I know you sent your laugh. Because those people annoy me because they're just a, they're fence straddlers. They're just fence straddlers. Like that's all they are. These open-minded Republicans and centralist Democrats, and um, the other group. The other group that I want to talk about is these these uh, capitalist socialists. I don't even know what these people are. They believe in capitalism but want to be socialists too. You don't make no sense to me neither. You don't make no sense to me neither. So the moral of the story is they be flip-flopping. <laughs> but it's not just, you know, locally. It's all over the board. You got to watch. You got to watch them. 
And you know, because I was I was talking with someone, and it, it's about a progression, right? Like, are they flip flopping election time? Is it like okay, issues and conversations have had, and they're growing, right? Because there's a difference between growth and flip flopping. And I think that we get used to such a, dis, a, a distrust in politics that we forget that these are people. Like these are like actual people. Like we we like to joke about them, but they are actual people, and they go through growth. They go through change. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has to be genuine. You know, old food, I hate to say this, just like old food gets so old that it's, 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 it's expired. Some of these politicians are expired. Ooh, I like that. Some of them expired. You need to find wine <laughs> politicians, not the old cheese politicians. Yeah, as I say, some of y'all is aging like milk and some of y'all is aging like fine wine. and it goes to the politicians too and their ideas because if you are not aging in such a way that i could be like i can see how they move from point a to point b you know point a to point b it's not working like they're just the same they're like they become stale essentially Mm -hmm. it doesn't work anymore and i will say this the politician who didn't age well, that doesn't mean that what they did in the past isn't important. Mm. What they did in the past wasn't great and legendary and essential to today. It just means that they haven't, you know, grown since then. Mm-hmm. And just because a politician is, you know, expired or stale or whatever you want to say, does not mean that you don't need to respect what they've done. And I think mm-hmm. that's where people who are millennials kind of get it twisted. Oh, they're not doing what they should have done. Da 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 da. They need to get removed. Maybe that's true, but let's not disrespect those people because they haven't moved, right? Mm-hmm. Because the work Nancy Pelosi did as a liberal in 1980 allowed an AOC to be who she is right now. Because AOC mm. is a liberal. But if AOC lasts long enough, she will be in Nancy Pelosi's shoes, right? She mm-hmm. will be considered stale. Mm-hmm. And also, thank goodness, we have a person who believed in women's rights for so long who mm-hmm. actually could become stale. Because, man... There was a point that women couldn't own no houses without a husband or credit cards or nothing. They couldn't have Thank you. Thank you, RBG. We love you. We miss you. Um, Yeah, and those things are important. And so I think we need to at least respect those people. And I think a lot of people think, oh, they're out of of date so I can be disrespectful. No, respect them Don't disrespect the expired milk. That expired milk before it was expired had some great cups of uh, of cereal. You respect the expired milk that helped you. (laughs) That milk might have been expired before, but the fact is, is it at one point it was correct. Right. And I still use that curdled milk to make something. Yeah. Just not no cereal. And at least it's expired milk and not poison. And some of these politicians are poison. Listen, listen, Lexus, <laughs> we covered a lot. Listeners, go out there and vote. Like, I'm going to need people to vote, okay? I'm, I need change. We saw what happened 
these last four years, okay? This is not an endorsement or a sponsor or whatever, but we done seen the craziness, right? We done seen politicians in the year 2020 act a fool, not knowing how to respond to a pandemic. You know, we've seen the issues be divided. We've seen politicians not listen to science. We've seen just everything, right? We have a lot of data to look at here. Mm-hmm. And the moral of the story is like, go vote. You are not just in this larger election, right? But in local elections, right? Look at how these people, like, look at how they responded in the crisis. Look at, like, did they support you to get that, you know, relief bill, right? A lot, did they advocate and say, hey, our community needs PPE so schools could open? Like, does, you know, hey, like our, our parents, our community is concerned. You know, this, you know, our seniors, they, they, they can't see their loved ones. Like these people, right, that you responded to or that you reached out to, right? Because we weren't all going knocking on the president's door. Like we reached out to our local officials, right? We looked at our local officials for giving us information during this time, right? So we have all this information, we, we you know, of this year and in years prior to see how, were they able to manage. And so use that to your advantage to say, hey, this person needs to stay here or, hey, we need someone else that's going to step up and that's going to advocate. Um, and so that's my, my spiel. Anything you want to add, Alexis? I just want to add for all the people like me who are residents of a different state who um need to get their absentee ballot ballot um if you haven't done so do what you need to do to get your absentee ballot and then as soon as you get it mail it back to who it goes to um in connecticut i believe absentee ballots go to your local city clerk so mail it back to your local city clerk and do it in a timely fashion and absentee is a little different voting is like basically free if you do it in person but it is not free if you're an absentee person because you need to get paid postage unless you drop it into the drop box because i voted absentee Mm -hmm. um i was like listen i'm gonna vote early like Mm -hmm. i want y'all to get my vote because i don't want to forget it's election day (laughs) i'm doing this early and so the good thing about that is um when you drop it off at the so usually in cities or states or, you know, wherever, there is a um, ballot box outside of your city hall. Um, and the good thing, because I know people are nervous about like, well, we've heard all this about tampering and all this. So I was able to go on to our, our um, secretary of, I think, state, uh, I think it's, I think her name is like Denise Miro, like going on like the register of voters site and see if they've received my ballot which was really nice and comforting. Cause I'm like, did I fill it out right? Did I not fill it out right? So you can always go up there to see if they received it. I was able to get up there, go up there and see if they received my ballot application, which they did. Mm-hmm. Um, and they received my absentee um, ballot, which was awesome. So to your yeah. point, definitely use, use the resources that are out there to get your, again, your voice and your vote heard. And yeah, I did the same thing. I mailed my absentee ballot um, earlier this month and they did receive it um, excuse me my application and then mm-hmm. I should be getting my absentee ballot at the end of this week um, and then I'm going to mail it right back and to to Liz's point like use the the things that you have in the state um, and Connecticut you're we're really lucky there that um, we mail it 
and uh, we can see if it's gotten there, have they gotten our application, has it been processed, um, and use those to your advantage. Like, whatever you need to do for you to be comfortable to vote, vote. And always remember that, like, even if you feel like it's just a lot of foolishness going on in D.C., if you feel like, man, those men make me just want to not vote at all, not vote at all. And if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. But remember, there is some kid who is at home who may not have all the luxuries you have. And you're voting for the people who can't vote. You're voting mm. for all the children who cannot vote. Because if you're under 18, you can't vote. You're, mm-hmm. th- that's who we're voting for. And I always remember that. There's all of, there's this whole population in the United States who cannot vote. And we're immigrants. voting on immigrants. We're voting on people who are immigrants. We're voting disabled. on disabled. Well, disabled people can vote. They just got to get, there's a way to, for them to vote. Yeah, there's that's true. Um, but we're, we're voting for children and we're voting for everyone who's an immigrant, whether they have a green card, whether they, um, uh, are undocumented, we're voting for all those groups. And because we're voting for all those groups, you need to remember them because a lot of the times we're like, our vote doesn't count. But what about all of those groups who can't vote? And that their issues brutality who are no longer here. Yeah. Yeah. We're voting for these families who who need stuff and also remember too i know we didn't mention them yet but we're also voting for the prison population because they Mm -hmm. cannot vote we're voting for the prison population because a lot of them cannot vote so think of those groups think of the prison population if you care about someone who's in prison think of children because they're under 18 and they cannot vote think of the people who died at the hands of government negligence who cannot vote Mm. and then think about all of the immigrants in this country who cannot vote and it doesn't matter what their status is an immigrant cannot vote period it doesn't matter if they're here legally or uh they're undocumented and so i always hold that in my mind because i have people in each of those groups i have nieces and a niece and a nephew and a godson who cannot vote i have friends who are um a resident aliens they cannot vote and i have family who are part of the jail population or some reason or another cannot vote and I'm voting for those groups and I'm thinking about the things that they care about and considering them when I vote um probably in two weeks because I'm voting early I am not voting November 3rd I need my ballot to get back to Bridgeport but I think that was absolutely uh, uh beautiful about um voting for those that cannot vote I think we often um forget about them. And if like, again, if you're not motivated, if you feel like your voice isn't heard, think about those who, who would give any and everything to have that option, just, just to choose whether to or not to. There's some people that don't have that option and that's strategic. You know, there are things in place that strategically block people who want to vote from voting. And so definitely exercise your right, if not for yourself, from someone else. But Lexus, this has been great. Yeah. Um, it would not be coffee and combos if I did not end with what's in your cup. So listeners out there, if this is your first time, I ask my listeners and my guests to think about three things that they are adding in their cup to get them through their day and their week. And Lexus, while you get your answer together, I'll give you mine. So I want to add um, research, awareness, and relaxation. Um, mm-hmm. Research because 
there were candidates that I didn't know about until kind of later in the season. Um, there were candidates that I didn't know kind of where their stance was. Um, even in looking at whether it was the federal or the, the state elections, um, there were kind of issues I kind of were, wasn't familiar with. So just I want to be, you know, every election, I want to be more and more aware of who's up there, why they're up there, what they're passionate about. Um, I want to be an informed voter. Um, again, that awareness, just being more aware of what the issues are out there, aware of what each um, party represents, being aware of what each position handles and relaxation because I need to get some work out of my cup. Okay. And get just removing stuff from my cup and relax. Uh, Cause I've been working hard y'all. I've been trying to work hard. I'm out here trying to save the world. That's why I need these politicians <laughs> to help out because I need this world to work out. What about you Lexus? What is the three things you're adding to your cup? Um, so I mean, I was, like, all sure, like, what I was going to add in my cup, but, like, I feel like, man, it's been a rough few hours for me. Um, someone stole something of mine out of my fiancé's car, so I'm just like, oh, oh no. my God. Yeah. But even still, with, with knowing that that happened, I really want to add to my cup, like, positivity, love, and um patience um and I'll say like positivity because like during this time this time of year we're moving into the holidays the holidays have always been a rough time for me personally um because the holidays for you know it is a happy time but at the same time the holidays I always think of like the things that are I've lost and so it's always important to like have a positive pure outlook um I want to, did I say peace? No, I don't know if I said You said peace. love, but you could, you could add some peace. Okay, I'll add some peace some love. Like some peace of mind just to go into this next season, like the holiday season, like I said, is rough. And then love, love for just ourselves. Because I think a lot of the time going into like ending the political season and going into the holiday season, like people always look at all of our differences and don't look at the things we have in common and are mm. so especially in this age where we have like Google feeding us everything that they it thinks that we want and wants and like the algorithm is basically like trying to control our life and like the algorithm is the devil it will it will pop up a controversial controversial <laughs> post in a minute yeah and it's rough it's like you know like it will literally have you hating the person that looks exactly like you just because they think not even much different than you but a little different than you like like you'll be like you and the person will be like I think children are important I think children's issues are important like you agree on that but you guys don't agree with how to get to fixing the solution so then you suddenly hate each other and it's like let's get to the fact of like children are important and we need to prove our education system for them mm. and then we can brainstorm the ways to fix the education system right and then uh, the last thing I said was patience and I'll say like mm -hmm. patience for ourselves because we're mm -hmm. all learning and then patience for politicians who are growing and mm. maybe maybe that politician might be might be stale 
or maybe they just might be sour, right? Because you know how wine starts off when it's young. Sour, but not expired. Exactly. And some of them are sour. Some of them aren't expired. Some of them are sour. You can bring them, them, you can bring some life back into them. Exactly. And if you give them some patience, they'll become sweet. And so if we give these preach Alexis, preach that word. (laughs) Maybe they'll become sweet and become the type of thing that we need. And so they're human beings, like Liz said, and we need to show them some peace and some grace. And hopefully if we show them that, it'll all work out. I like that. I do. And so I won't add anything else other than Please do not let this be the last time. I love our our combos and I love sharing them with all the listeners because it's just such valuable information and, and thought process. So take care. I hope he finds whatever was stolen from his car and just be well.